All right, everybody, we got the Browns and we got the Bears this week. So, of course, we got to kick off the show with some Browns and Bears talk. And, of course, Corey joins me again. Zane is off today and he'll be off for tomorrow's preview show as well. But we start off every show with our drinks. And, you know, I actually finished a big midterm test today. So I actually have a beer in front of me. It's Bren's German Lager beer. Never had it before in my life, but it's it's tight. And then uh, tomorrow is our last two tests. So, Corey, tomorrow I will definitely be joining you on the bourbon train. But what do you got in front of you today? As probably as predictable, we're going with bourbon. Four (laughs) roses. Only because I am too lazy to go downstairs and grab something that's not (laughs) right next to me. But we'll run with that for today. I like how it's just a nightstand. Like, it's almost like you get the lamp, you got your phone charger, a cup of water, and then you got the bourbon right there just for emergency needs, just for times of the show. Like, oh, yep, Michigan basketball, Illinois, got to drink a few shots here and uh, (laughs) just got to use that emergency bourbon use. All right. (laughs) All right. Well, let's just kick it off with uh, some Bears side of the action before we jump into the Browns. But Justin Fields was named the starter today, most because Andy Dalton um, still not healthy enough, according to Matt Nagy, the head coach. So Justin Fields, obviously, he's the generational quarterback that's supposed to lift Chicago out of the depths of mediocrity. What is it going to take from Justin Fields to outplay Andy Dalton and solidify his spot as a starting QB for the rest of the season. What does he have to do against the Browns and against other teams moving forward until Andy Dalton returns healthy? Well, he's going to need more than one game. That's for sure. I mean, he could play a perfect game against the Browns, beat him by 30 and still, I mean, it's, it's going to be tough for a head coach to go away from a veteran and go to a rookie when you, Probably don't have, you know, you don't have Super Bowl aspirations this year, I don't think. No. Um, so, really, it would be, it'd be tough. He would need probably three games, I think, would be, my, uh, would be my line, where if he played, you know, lights out for three games, maybe have one or two games, maybe have one game where he showed – I feel like you got to show that you can handle adversity too. So, maybe call one of those three games, like a come-from-behind win where he plays lights out in the clutch. Right, right. Yeah, you got to show I, a lot. So I think he would have to show that he can win you a game as opposed to like Andy Dalton, just kind of a game manager and just kind of brings you along and then just doesn't lose you the game. But you need, you would need Justin Fields to go out there and steal a victory out of the jaws of defeat from another team. And yeah, that, you need an Aaron Stafford, not a Kirk Cousins. Exactly. I, exactly. So a positive TD and uh, turnover ratio for sure. And uh, against the Browns, they're going to need to win the turnover battle on the road because the Browns, um, not an AFC title contender, a Super Bowl contender for sure. And uh, high expectations over there. And they got a great team, a great defensive line. That offensive line on the Bears is going to be tested because it's just kind of piecemeal together. They played okay the first two weeks. I'm actually kind of surprised. But you got Jadavian Clowney over there, Miles Garrett, who might be the defensive player of the year, a lot of people's picks. So a lot of... Uh, a lot of tests that are going to come his way, but you know what? He's actually going to get team one reps. Um, you just hope that the extra week of preparation and some game film can kind of get the jitters out at home. And now that he's going to go on the road, you would hope that he's just going to play much better than he did against the Bengals in week two. Uh, but for the Browns, what do, what do the Browns need to do to win this game? I mean, maybe just play mistake free. That would be my you know, prediction just because they have the talent upgrade over the bears pretty much in almost every area. 
Yeah, I think <clears throat> I think the formula stays the same for the Browns. Um, maybe a little more emphasis on just keeping the ball out of Fields' hands. Don't let them have that rookie quarterback savior mentality, like momentum. If he does something special on the field, because right. he's the kind of guy who's athletic enough, he probably will at some point do something special this season. So keep keep the possibility of that low. Play good defense. Pressure him from that line. And I think they're going to have to run the ball through the Bears' defenses and take long, long drives. <laughs> and conversely, I think the Bears are going to need some of that magic. And I think the special teams could be a difference maker if they can get some electric run uh, returns or something. Yeah, definitely got special teams into play. And um, Bears are just going to need everything to fall their way for this game. And now the defense looks a lot better, so maybe – They'll be able to hold their own, but uh, Los Angeles Rams, I would say, is their offense is similar to what the Browns have to offer talent-wise. Uh, Bengals, they're growing. They got some young talent on there, but it's going to take a f- couple years uh, for them to really just turn into a playoff contender. So I would say the Browns are closer to the Rams, and that kind of scares me talent-wise in the offense. But it uh, should be a good game, and I think out of Justin Fields, Bears fans just kind of want to see growth from him. Uh, it just – incremental growth week in and week out before Andy Dalton comes back. And hopefully by then he'll have earned that spot and he'll have stolen it from Andy Dalton. But all right. Uh, I don't want to move on to this section, but I feel like I have to, I usually love this section. Uh, you know, who's the guy who backplacked their team throughout the week or coach or whatever, but usually it's a player. Unfortunately, I have to go with the Green Bay running back, Aaron Jones. I just cannot not pick him because he scored four touchdowns, three passing, um, sorry, three receiving, and then one uh, rushing touchdown for I think like a total of over 100 yards. Um, He just kind of put the team on his back in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers was all over him in his targets, and unfortunately it was the Packers running back. I'm just glad it wasn't against the bears this time. Cause I feel like it always is against the bears, but it was against the lions and uh, they have probably worse luck against Aaron Rodgers than the bears do. So unfortunately Aaron Jones is my pick Corey, who you got this week. And hopefully it's not a Packers player. Or, it is not a Packers player. Okay. Or hopefully it's not also, a Maryland yeah. player. The, it's not that either. Yeah, the Maryland. <laughs> not so cool. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to go with Derek Henry. Um, he, yeah. he was carrying his team. He carried both of my fantasy teams, uh, 50 points that week. Oh. Uh, he had 182 rushing yards, three touchdowns. He averaged just over five yards per attempt, I believe. And he had, uh, I don't believe he fumbled anything. I think he was no. pretty much perfect essentially for the game for what you need out of him. Yeah. So I feel like, uh, like, especially probably in the last 10, 15 years, running back really hasn't been like a point of emphasis for a lot of teams, just because they've just been so interchangeable. They're mm-hmm. not like in the past where the entire offense is revolved around a running back, but I feel like Derek Henry, dude, he is that difference maker. He's the guy you do trade up in the draft for in the first round to try to see oh, yeah. him out of the first round because he, he changes that Titans offense and he, will single-handedly win you win you a game um he just continues to improve like it's honestly not surprising that he put up those numbers no it's a it seems like a regular you know every other week kind of thing which is why for the second year in a row i drafted him first round both teams <laughs> yeah dude he is he's a great pick every year and he's you know knock on wood he's always you know been pretty good with injuries for the most part he's just 
I don't know what he does with bodies. Maybe he's just been lucky. I'm sure that has a lot to do with it, but he's always just on the field. And that's the, the greatest ability is availability. Absolutely. All right, let's go on to meatball plays of the week. Uh, this week, I'm choosing Joe Burrow throwing three straight picks and three straight passes. I'll say that again, three passes, three <laughs> picks in a row. Um, he he just kind of got out of his element for just like a few plays. Bears defensive line just got some pressure. And after that, he kind of brought the Bengals back uh, within one score and the defense just need to kind of hold the Bears. But Justin Fields kind of converted on a first down. End of the game, just Joe Burrow didn't get another chance to move the ball downfield, score a touchdown. But um, or actually a field goal to tie it. So Joe Burrow, he's still a goat because he almost brought back the Bengals. But uh, he did show a little bit that he's human a little bit with those three picks. And honestly, I think it, definitely two of them were his fault. So um, that is my meatball player of the week, just three picks, three throws. It's a good one, man. I mean, you know, he had to come back down to earth when he was running away with the MVP. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Mm. I don't think I'm going to ever get over it. I had a $20 bet on a same-game parlay. It was nine legs. I hit everything except for the Kansas City Chiefs covering – or not covering, I'm sorry, winning money line. Yeah. And this buffoon, this fool, this ignoramus fumbles the ball. All you had to do was, like, get, like, five yards. Not even that. <laughs> I'd have been cool with, like, three. And then you kick the field goal because you have one of the better kickers in the league. You kick the field goal yeah. as the time runs out, and you win. And I win. And did I mention I win? <laughs> right. That's the important, That's the important part. <laughs> but no, this this silly man, this silly man must have bet against me. Isn't that the most frustrating part about parlays? It's usually you get the more difficult ones, and then it's just like a Chiefs money line thing where Chiefs are favored, and they just somehow crap the bet and just somehow – play mistake football when they ne normally never do that because they're usually a very disciplined team. And it just sucks when, when you have such a big parlay and the most for sure thing just out the window. And just yeah, it's it brutal. We got to move on, Danny. This is a, this is a family <laughs> show and I'm, I'm going to get us a bad rating. All right. Well, let's talk about some more heartbreak, but heartbreak that really doesn't pertain to us. The Miami Hurricanes were embarrassed at home in the second half against Michigan State Spartans. They lost. Uh, I think it was like 38-17, and the second half was never really even close. And they were at home, uh, primetime game on ABC, national coverage, man. I just – Miami is not what they were 15 years ago and the decades preceding that. It's So when do they stop just getting all these primetime games? Because it's it just seems like they're Nebraska right now. I mean, they're better than Nebraska, but it just seems like they're just living off the name and getting those primetime games because of the name for as long as they can yell at the top of their lungs that the U is back and I am somewhere adjacent to them on a skyscraper screaming down. No, you're not. <laughs> That's how long that they're going to do it until more people believe me, which is not seeming to happen, but I've been saying it for years. They're not back. They're still crap. The only good player they have is their punter. And I think that's just because I like his tattoos. <laughs> okay. Here's my oh, question. Whole team sucks. <laughs> Who's more back, Texas or Miami? Oh, oh, come on. That is terrible of you. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to 
either way, I'm going to be upset with myself for answering that. I'm going to say Texas because at least I feel like they play a lot harder competition. Yeah. I mean, we haven't seen enough out of Michigan State to prove that they're more than a mid-link Big Ten team. Right. Uh, I mean, they very well could be, but we haven't seen enough. I, I At least Texas is – I don't know. They suck too. Yeah. I can't. I picked Texas, but Going not happily. Lose. Yeah, they got bully balled by Arkansas. And I, it's kind of hard to figure out if or how good of Arkansas is. They're playing Texas AM at home this week. So that's going to kind of show them how good of a team Arkansas is. But Arkansas really just manhandled Texas. And we'll probably talk about that game tomorrow on uh, the preview when we're talking about the box office games and whatnot. But um, yeah, it's Texas. Uh, I guess, would you consider Big 12? teams more high caliber than the ACC right now that Miami plays or I don't know actually I don't I don't know I mean I think they're pretty comparable really I think the top end of the ACC is probably slightly better yeah yeah I mean by that I mean Clemson Um, yeah (laughs) you get outside of that and it's kind of a who who is that this year you know you don't know what to expect from them because they're just not overly impressive same goes really for the other side of that argument. I think I just couldn't allow myself to pick the U. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I definitely get that. All right. Um, none of the box office games of the week. Hype game. We'll start off with those first. So this past weekend, Auburn, at SEC teams and Big Ten teams rarely play outside of bowl games. So it's really cool to see an SEC team come up north to Big Ten territory. They played in Happy Valley and Penn State. Uh, came out with the win. Auburn had the chance to tie it at the end. I uh, just could not convert on a fourth down conversion. Penn State beats Auburn, who was ranked 22nd. Penn State was ranked 10th, 28 to 20. Uh, overall thoughts from the game, uh, game and then just playoff implications from that. I mean, I don't know if Auburn was really playoff contenders, but they needed to win that game to be in the conversation. But you're definitely putting Penn State in the conversation now, especially since Ohio State does not look as unbeatable as many people thought they were. Yeah, Ohio State looks vulnerable, and Penn State doesn't right now. Um, That was a huge win. Um, Takeaways from that, Penn State might really be legit. Auburn might really not be. Um, And that there was a really dedicated Alabama fan at that game. (laughs) I saw uh, that, yeah. (laughs) Solely to root against Auburn, which – Those were good seats, too. Like, he paid a lot of money to go sit in that spot. I, I tip my hat if I were wearing one because that's awesome. Yeah, that was uh, that was really cool to see. And then a whiteout. Um, that was a really cool atmosphere to watch on television. That was sweet. Um, oh, yeah, I'd love to go to one of those as long as it's not against Michigan. Right? Yeah, as long as it's not against your team. I think Illinois actually goes to Penn State this year. I don't. They probably won't make it a whiteout game because it's it's not deserving. So, but um, <laughs> not really excited about that game. That's going to be a, a rough game. And then kind of a runner-up box office game. I kind of just had to throw it in there because it was also a really good game. Came down to the wire at the end. But Florida lost to Alabama 31-29. Alabama, of course, ranked number one in the nation. And Florida at home, 11th-ranked team in the country at the time. And I actually don't think they dropped in the rankings because they lost Alabama. And it was such a close game. But um, you got to think Florida's out of any playoff. No, no, no. If they, I don't know. Is Florida in the same division as Alabama? I, 
I I want to say yes, but I, I don't know for so. sure. But their playoff contentions are probably out the window at this point. But um, Alabama looked mortal. They did not. They kind of just they got tired in the second half. It seemed like they just ran out of gas. Um, so I know Alabama. Do you still probably keep them at number one if you had to bet money for the rest of the year, or do you think they're going to slip up at easy. some point? Maybe this was the closest game they were going to slip up. E- easy. They're still number one. Uh, Alabama is the best team in the country until further notice. We'll just say that. Um, <laughs> yeah, they looked vulnerable. Maybe they've come back down to earth a little bit compared to the previous years. Um, we've, we've kind of been through a really elongated period of Alabama dominance. I think that that's very possible that they're vulnerable and they could still end up losing a game this year. I think there will be very few undefeated, if any, undefeated teams this year, especially that we would consider a real contender. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Oregon now has a really good shot at making the playoffs because – Pac-12 looks pretty weak, and now with all the head coaching change at USC, it feels like they just got an open runway if they just take care of their business and avoid a Stanford upset like uh, USC. Do they have UCLA on their schedule? Oh, that would actually – probably since there's only – I have to assume they do. Yeah. I'll check because that that's a trap game right there. That is. UCLA is a scary team. Especially on the road, yeah. Um, so Oregon up there and then Penn state, if they take care of business, but I feel like they have tougher roadblocks in Ohio state and Michigan, um, mm-hmm. then Oregon has to deal with. And then, uh, you just probably got to assume Oklahoma is probably just taking away the big 10, big 12 championship and, and going to end up in a, a spot in the playoff, but, uh, Notre Dame's not going to be there either. Um, so, uh, just, I don't know, just really, it, it's kind of interesting playoff implications at this early but it's also like you kind of know which teams for the most part are going to make it especially since it's only four teams and it you know it's kind of set in stone for the most part yeah uh, they do play by the way second to last game of the year oh, wow. their, their next most difficult game is probably washington uh so expect an undefeated or maybe one loss Oregon by the end of the year. Does Oregon not play USC at all? Um, I think they do. Okay. Cause I'm, I assume that would be a, not <laughs> talent wise. I think they would probably be um, most similar to Oregon talent wise, but uh, yeah. So without our head coach. Yes, I know. So that's, I know still going on the coaching carousel. When do you think they make a coaching hire? Probably not until in the off season, right? Or at least closer to the end of the season. Cause if they did in the middle of the season, it's not like he would come in and start coaching right away. The interim coach would probably coach the rest of the year anyway. And the head coach would just be sitting on the sidelines, watching games in, you know, week in and week out. I mean, the only reason for them to hire before the off season would be for recruiting. Um, there is a big five-star recruit, Damani Jackson, who I believe is a, is or was a USC commit, but is now considered very much up for grabs when Michigan, Alabama, and USC. Uh, I think there might have been a fourth team in the mix there, but he's a he's supposed to be a really highly touted recruit. So maybe yeah, if he starts I, making some noise about right. it. Yeah, I could see that recruiting purposes. And if it's a big name, like hire, you definitely want to get it out there as soon as possible. 
Yeah. I mean, if they can hit a home run mid season on a coach that no one, no one thinks they're going to get, then yeah, I'm just hiring. But you know, if you're not going out and getting some home run coach right away, then I would take my time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, kind of the letdown game of the week. I mean, it wasn't too much star power, but you kind of expected more out of this team. The saints lost on the road, 26 to seven. I know they had some COVID problems in the coaching staff, but man, it, they really just got blown out. And especially for divisional games, you really don't see blowouts like that. Um, yeah, so that was that really was disappointing. Especially- yeah, that was, that did, that seemed like more than just coaching issues with COVID at that point. Right. Yeah. They looked terrible. Yeah. Like absolutely awful. No, and totally James, James kind of, I know our boy James kind of returned to form, uh, yep. old habits, which is really unfortunate. I've, so I, we'll see how he does over the course of the full season, how they do. That's that team is still really talented as a whole. So I don't know. You'd think they'd bounce back and not be embarrassed like that again, but Sam Darnold, I mean, I think he goes to show that the jets were probably the problem and not him being the problem, holding the jets back. Especially yeah. after Zach. Also, we should have. I'm surprised nobody. I know it's just two of us today, but Zach Wilson not being a pull my hammy player of the week or meatball players of the week, four picks against the Patriots and only throwing for like 87 yards. I feel like he should have been up there. But Sam Darnold is showing that he was just balling out, man. He's, he's a great pickup for the Panthers. Oh, yeah. That was a great pickup. I thought the Jets walked on him way too fast. I yeah. mean, they gave him nothing to work with, and they're surprised when their team is terrible. I mean, let's face it, he was like Stafford in Detroit. He's the only one keeping him even somewhat competitive for a half of football. Uh, they they gave up on him way too fast. I don't think this new kid's anything special, despite all of the reports about him. Um, so far, Mac over there on the opposite side of that game, the Patriots, that, was, that seems to me the best rookie quarterback right now. Yeah. Yeah. He probably has, he has the best coach, um, best probably system around him to make him succeed where they really don't have to rely on too much of him to go win games for them. He just needs to just grow himself and he doesn't have to worry about everything around him. So yeah, he's probably in the best situation and probably has proven the best player so far. Um, then again, it's only been two weeks, but and still hold that to be true for the most part. All right. Team barometer. How are we feeling? Feeling good. Feeling good. Um, Michigan looked good. They, they can still run the ball, uh, so that's nice. Yeah. Uh, Corum, our running back, is getting rave reviews from all the coaches and all the analysts right now. He's the most explosive and talented running back we've had since Mike Hart himself um, back in the early – well, sort of early 2000s. And, I, well, actually, he's now one of our coaches, and he's our, coaching our running back on the <laughs> offense there. Um, so that makes a little bit of sense. He's he's looking good. So Michigan, I'm feeling good about. Browns didn't cover. Kind of disappointing, but they beat. They still beat hey, the Texans. Wins a win, solid. man. Yeah, put it in the W column. I'm feeling good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Michigan, they're looking pretty good this year. Uh, they're looking like a different team than the past couple of years, and uh, I I think that's really good for the Big Ten and college football as a whole. So. And it's just nice to see other teams win other than Ohio State. So I hope them or Penn State can just, you know, just run some carnage into that uh, Eastern division just so Ohio State does not end up in the championship game and end up in the playoff again. I just want to just – every year for it. Yeah. <laughs> when they've got a quarterback who's young and he's making young quarterback mistakes, they look weak on the defense. Yeah. 
especially to the run, this this could I don't want to give my hopes up, but this right. is setting up to be promising. Yes. Somebody's got to knock off Ohio State and watch it just be like Rutgers or Michigan State that does it too. <laughs> well, honestly, I would love that too. I want my team to beat them, but goodness, if they're not going to, let's make it as embarrassing as possible. <laughs> right. Can we schedule a high school team over the weekend? <laughs> yes. Bishop Sycamore <laughs> coming into the horseshoe <laughs> and beating Ohio State. Oh my goodness. By a hundred. Just yeah. hang a hundred on them. Well, Illinois lost a clunker. Talked about it in the recap with Andrew on Monday or Tuesday. I, I already forget which day we talked. Made a show about it, but should have won the game against Maryland. They had about just everything go their way in the game. And then on the last drive where we were able to put away the game, we took a sack, sack, and then throw to an il- eligible player. And then that pretty much just gave Maryland the football at the 50-yard line after the punts. And um, all they did to do was just you know, go down 25 yards, kick a field goal, win the game. So heartbreaker there, especially at home. And then the Bears finally got their win. Finally got their win. We got to see Justin Fields. So I'm really excited about that. I'm just focusing on Justin Fields right now. And that'll keep (laughs) me happy for the weekend. The savior. Yes. Yeah. The future savior of Chicago Bears football. And uh, the chosen one, man, really. All right. Uh, How was, how was your beer? Or sorry. No. How was your four roses? pretty good i'm having a good old time with her this time around how's the beer i'm just happy to have a i needed this beer so bad man it's been a long week (laughs) and that that bourbon sounding really good tomorrow cannot wait for it but as usual everyone thank you for listening and we'll talk to you tomorrow when we go over the preview and we go over our super parlay uh kind of like a sneak peek last week did not go so well but the mykonos grease dream is still alive Our parlay will hit one of these times. Just wait, tune in, find out. (laughs) 